Hi, and welcome to Answers News for December the 8th, 2021. I'm Georgia Purdom here with Patricia Engler and Ken Ham and a wonderful studio audience. So make yourselves known. Come on, let's hear it, people. <laughs> there they are. Wake them up. There's at least 20,000 people here. There is, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah. they're just, you know, doing a sort of a liberal interpretation uh, <laughs> there. It's just, you know, it's nearly Christmas. It is. Crazy. And yeah. you know what? It just seems like we had Christmas last week. And that was a year ago. <laughs> I know, the older you get... That's you know, what happens. You notice yeah. how time flies more the older it you does. get? I've so, heard. It does. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> very good. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to follow along on uh, my Facebook here. And uh, if it eventually shows up, um, we'll see. And you're going to follow along on your Facebook. Yeah, I got it. Well, oh. on Answers in Genesis Facebook. Uh, so. So it, it, I'm there. Oh, you're there. It hasn't shown up on mine. So, okay, I'll just okay. keep going and just assume that somehow... Uh, I just got somebody from, I can't, Logan Home, Brisbane, Queensland, Queensland, Australia, so... Oh, really? That's, that's not far from where we live, Logan Home. Well, there you go. Cool. Yeah, not far yeah. at all. All right, so a few announcements, first of all. Uh, Christmas Town and Christmas Time, that mm. is, this is the time of year uh, between now and December 30. Mm -hmm. We close Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And I think next Monday and Tuesday, we're not open for right. Christmas right. at That's night. Mm -hmm. But after that, it's every, every day, day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. until the end, except for Christmas Eve and Christmas mm -hmm. Day. So at uh, the Creation Museum, Christmas Town, uh, we actually have a Christmas tree this year. The tree it's is amazing. amazing to watch. Oh, it's I all love the lights it. change. Yeah. Music. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And because the lights at the Creation Museum are absolutely spectacular, because we've had them there for many years now. And so it's really become a tradition. Also, we have a glyce rink, mm -hmm. which is not an ice rink. You know what a glyce rink is, Patricia? I've heard of it. I mean, I'm from like Canada where we have actual ice, but you know this works. <laughs> well, that's because you're living. That's because you live in the frozen tundra or whatever I'm, it is. Up I'm there. way happier to be here with fake ice, so it's good. Yeah, you know, it, it's basically it's sort of a synthetic, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Plastic. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So it works. I yeah. see people oh, yeah. sliding around. Yeah, there, so. they enjoy it. People enjoy uh, it. And then our live nativity that we have there at the Creation Museum. And then here at the Ark, of course the Ark is lit up in rainbow colors that change continuously, and all the spectacular lights, the rainbow gardens, mm, and so you know, the, the rainbow pretty. lights. That is, that's a great photo to stand in front of that mm -hmm. and get your photograph taken. And as well as that, we have the programs. Yes. We're in the answer center, we're in the lower level. Mm -hmm. So in the upper level, a 2,500 seat auditorium, 70 foot by 22 foot LED screen, and every night, 6.30, we have live yeah. animal program, then seven o'clock encounter the wonder on that big screen. It's a great uh, little movie. Mm -hmm. And then followed by Christmas carols. Actually, we have our artists, uh, Jay Avu and um, John McCall uh, singing. And we have the 12 Stones Christian Academy kids on video. And yeah. it's a drama. That's neat. And they interact with uh, our singers mm -hmm. and we, get them to sing some of the traditional Christmas carols. That's fun, because yeah. a lot of churches don't even do that anymore, yeah. and people love those. Mm -hmm. and, and they end the night by singing Silent Night, and they get everyone in the last verse to hold their phones up and turn mm -hmm. the lights on, so it looks like all these candles in the mm -hmm. auditorium. So anyway, so uh, make sure you come and visit. Yeah, Check the website, arkencounter.com, creationmuseum.org, and, and it'll give you the dates and times. Yeah, and it's free. Mm -hmm. So the only thing you have to pay for is parking. parking. So And it's really, yeah, it's, really a neat uh, event. Uh, that's when you come at 5 o'clock. Right. 
and that is free. We actually close the exhibits in the Ark of the Creation mm -hmm. Museum at 6 o'clock. People right. who come during the day for that and ticketed for that go through that. And we have a special uh, meal price, I believe. Yes. Uh, I don't know on the five o'clock. <laughs> don't put me on the spot. I think like if, you, if you get it after 5, it's $5 off. Maybe, yeah. It's really good, too. And I had the turkey meal the other day, and it was excellent. And we keep the prices here for yes. food pretty pretty, pretty low, low mm -hmm. uh, considering. Cause yeah, so you can enjoy it. And now we have supply chain issues as yeah. well. Yeah. Everyone has supply chain issues. Who doesn't? So, all right, over to you. All right. All right. Oh, so you know what? What? Go ahead. I had two more announcements. Well, then announce away. <laughs> that was for you to announce. Oh, okay. So we are having um, what we're calling the Life is Precious Conference um, at the very end of January, January 28th here at the Ark Encounter. And um, uh, I'll be speaking and Ken will be speaking as well as a couple of other um, uh, guest speakers will be there really talking about, and you know, a lot of times in January we... Um, we talk about the sanctity of life and the importance of Christians really, again, uh, we want to fight for life. And so we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics at that, um, things like abortion and um, children with disabilities. And I'll be talking about the eugenics movement and talking about how all this is relevant, you know, to biblical authority and to what Christians need to be um, speaking up for. And that's really in relationship to this year um, or next year to our VBS. Next slide, please. Right, here we go, Zoomerang, okay? So our, we do a VBS every year, and next year it's, it's all about the sanctity of life. Uh, with Zoomerang, so it has a very cool Australian uh, theme to it. And, and so uh, it should, really. I know. <laughs> I knew you would love this. So uh, it will be the day after. So for people that are like VBS directors or workers can come and kind of find out what the VBS is all about, some of the crafts, the snacks, and things like that here at the Ark Encounter as uh, well. Let me just say, I believe we've been doing a VBS now for about 12 years. Yeah. And I believe our VBS program is the most powerful in the world. It's in I the top it. three sold in the it's, world. Yep. I believe it's by far the most powerful. Because a lot of VBS programs, like a lot of Sunday school materials, tend to be shallow, fluff and stuff, entertainment. Whereas ours is apologetics. Yep. Um, it also, we have science experiments mm -hmm. and of course, great music and all sorts of memory verses and memory verse songs and so on. But we relate it to where the culture's at. Yeah. So the one for this year was actually Mystery Island. It was mm -hmm. teaching kids how to distinguish between the false gods and the true God. Nice. And so it taught them that. The one, uh, we had one before that talking about the race issue, race we're issue. all one race Very and so popular. on. And that was really popular. Awesome. And now this one deals with the, well, it's really dealing with the abortion issue. It's the mm -hmm. sanctity of life, mm -hmm. but done very tastefully for kids, talking about the yeah. purpose and meaning of life and, and the value end of, of life. life too, that, that no matter what your yeah. age or level of development, that you, you are valuable because you're made, made in the, the image, image of God. So it covers so, all those topics. Yeah. And I think that's very, very important. And particularly, you know, when you think of what's been happening with the Supreme Court and yep. all that's yeah. going on right now. So yeah, I think it's very important. So. Okay, so we always start off with something a little bit fun because the news can be so serious. So this Florida man was reeling in a shark and it got taken away by a bald eagle. So he thinks he's about to have his dinner, but the eagle decides it's his. So and this so is the video that was... Real short. There, there go. it goes. Look at that, outfished by an eagle. <laughs> what a terrible day for the shark, though. <laughs> I mean, well, it's like the worst He was gone scenario. one way or another. <laughs> As if it wasn't bad enough. Know, what are you, right? an animal rights activist or something? No, no, I just... Yeah. Of all the things that can go wrong, that's definitely yeah, one of them so <laughs> when you're a shark. And they eventually got it so that the shark was off the hook 
and they let the eagle because you're not going to mess with the eagle i mean if it wants to have it like yeah. you can have it so the eagle got its meal anyway. the eagle got its meal oh, he didn't okay. but the eagle did see i'm pleased about that aren't you pleased about that <laughs> yeah yeah for yeah. sure mm. in a fallen world okay, okay. Yes, in a fallen world. Ancient human relative, Australopithecus sediba, walked like a human but climbed like an ape. Okay, so they're always trying to figure out what are these missing links, right? Because evolutionists believe that we evolved from some sort of um, ape-like ancestor that we shared with the apes. And so they're always trying to figure out how that worked. And, and so they've decided that now that they found some more vertebrae of um, what they call sediba, that it looks like that particular species was able to do both walking upright and climbing in the tree. So it's definitely a transitional form of missing link. See, now, okay, help me understand something here. When I've been to the zoo and I've seen chimps and I, I, I see them sort of walking around on, mm -hmm. you know, not the same as what we do, but right. they can sort of walk upright and then they climb trees. Mm -hmm. And this is called Australopithecus, which means ape. It's an ape, yeah. Right? <coughs> so in other words, they found bones that they say belong to an ape. It's vertebrae. Mm -hmm. But because it also is designed to be able to walk sort of upright like like we are, but not the same yeah. as us, mm -hmm. therefore it's our relative. That's obvious. That's they what are. they're assuming, that's yeah. It. That, that's evolution science for you. Yeah. When well, you yeah start with the assumptions, you can find a way to make it like to explain them, but that it has a lot of other very ape-like features that are designed very well for yeah. living in trees. Um, and I mean, even if there were a, a bipedal ape, that wouldn't necessarily be inconsistent with the Bible. So just be that's how God designed it. But in this case, like we can expect apes that live in trees and primarily are tree climbers to have a bit of more of an upright posture, as one of our our web articles has pointed out. So it's not uh, it's definitely not inconsistent with the, with the Bible what we're seeing here. Yeah. So this is a whole article they wrote to try to bolster evolution and the more you read it the more you realize it's got nothing to do with evolution. Well, they say that Australopithecus had five lumbar vertebrae, which as far as living apes go, most of them only have 3 to 4 lumbar vertebrae except gibbons which actually do have five like humans do. And they say it's curved, so we have a curvature to our spine called lordosis, so we can stand upright and walk upright. So I don't know how much curvature they found here. They say they found some, but is it enough to consistently walk in a bipedal manner? Probably not. It's more like what we see today, but they do walk upright sometimes. But again, if you look at its, its shoulders and the way the rest of its back is, it's obvious that it was very arboreal and it was climbing, which is definitely what you would expect of an ape. For sure. And even the term like transitional fossil. So at the end here, they said the study concludes that this is a transitional form of an ancient human relative and its spine is clearly an intermediate. Okay, but if you notice, the word transitional assumes that evolution happens in the first place. You're assuming that this is an evolutionary transition in order to argue for evolution, which is a form of circular reasoning. So just beware of that. You know, the sad thing, though, what happens is in the public schools and universities, students will be told, oh, look, they found another transitional form between apes and humans. Yeah. Here it is. Mm -hmm. And they just believe whatever they're told. But right. if you read all this, you realize this is nothing but an ape. Well, and it says, the study concludes that Sidiba is a transitional form. So there's no doubt in their mind. Like they are saying, this is a fact. Even though, again, this is something we cannot observe that happened in the past. And so it's all based on your starting points, your assumptions, your worldview, whether you decide what you decide this actually is. So. Yeah, so important to check the difference between fact versus interpretation because a lot of it is presented as fact, even though it's not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. More American adults say they don't expect to have a child poll. 
And so they basically found out in this study, uh, new, uh, Pew Re from the Pew Research Center, that 45% of non-parents that are 18 to 49 say that it's not likely or not at all likely that they will have children someday. So basically, we're not reproducing ourselves here in the U.S. You know, I just read an article um, mm -hmm. about one of the European countries that's in trouble. Do you remember which one that was? It's I don't Italy, remember, I but a lot of the was, it? was it Italy? I think it might have been Italy. They say it's in trouble because of the declining birth rate. Because then what happens? The, uh, the, the population becomes Asian. an older generation, and they don't have the younger generation to support Japan's them. Japan's really um, in trouble with that, I know. But of course, if they stopped abortion, yeah, that, that would work. increase the birth rate. It would. And the same over here. But you know, if, I know we live in a fallen world, and not everyone can have children and so on. But God has never taken away what he said at the beginning there, be fruitful and multiply, yeah. right? So he's never taken that away. Um, but it's interesting that one out of 20 cite climate change is the reason they don't want to have children. Do you know there's been climate change ever since the flood? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think a lot of it, too, really is, you know, they, they cite one of the reasons is apathy. And I think, you know, we talk about the increase in the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S's, that that religion is basically increasing. And people, if, if, if that's what you believe, you believe there is no God, then there's no meaning and purpose in life, then really, why have kids? Yeah. I mean, mind well just live for yourself and not worry about that. I mean, that's a very, I think that comes out, very much comes out of an evolutionary worldview. Well, sure. if you think about it, it really goes back to Genesis 3, mm -hmm. when the devil said to Eve, you can be as God. Mm -hmm. In other words, you be your own God. Uh, so you can worship yourself. It's all you. about you. It's all about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, that sounds like a song. Is that a song? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's probably, it's in like every, every kid's movie now, so. <laughs> All right. So this article we can probably spend the entire 30 minutes on, but we won't. Um, what if Thanksgiving were a time to celebrate the natural creation? All right. So this author, um, who claims to be a Christian, he's professing Christian, um, basically said that, and I'll just summarize it this way, evolution is real. Everybody just needs to accept it, and we need to thank God for it. <laughs> And he also says we can sort of become one with the universe somehow. Well, he has some very, yeah, Do you think he really things. understands what the word Christian means? <laughs> That's why I said professing Christian. <laughs> He's professing Christ. I'm not so sure that he actually is based on what he says. Well, says. he has to totally reinterpret the incarnation to fit with evolution. So he doesn't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. That's for sure. Well, he's trying to say that um, because evolution is true, if you believe what answers in Genesis believe, and you believe it's a fallen world, mm -hmm. then it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause disappointment in understanding Beatles. So basically what he was saying is that s somehow he's trying to suggest that because we think it's a fallen world, which we, we didn't just make that up, that's what the Bible tells us. So he's basically saying if you believe the Bible, then you don't have a basis for appreciating beauty and creation. But that's, that's not mm -hmm. true. And secondly, not only do we have as Christians a basis for calling beauty good, but we also have as biblical creationists a basis for calling evil wrong, which he doesn't have. He has to, um, he talks about like you can go outside and breathe deeply in the wonder of creation and like that's great but say a bear comes along and mauls you he would have to be breathing <laughs> yeah. deeply and being thankful for that as part of god's well, very good Romans created 8, world right yeah. all creation groans Absolutely. it's not a very good world anymore no. well and you know why he says that this is not a fallen world and answers in genesis are wrong because mm -hmm. he says answers in genesis they have they have two big assumptions that are just totally wrong the first assumption is the bible is inerrant they're saying that we believe the Bible is inerrant is wrong. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah. The, the fact that we believe the Bible is inerrant, that's one of our 
assumption. And the other one is that we believe um, that uh, the Bible is a literal account of historical events. That's obviously wrong. Yeah. And we believe that attacking the Bible is a conspiracy. Or no, the devil started to attack God's word in Genesis 3. Yeah. All right? But these, these people are just have accepted evolution. Mm -hmm. And then they're trying to say, well, you can't believe what answers in Genesis say about a fallen world. In other words, the Bible's totally wrong. Evolution's well, right. Well, they want to set it up as the Bible versus science. You know, well, instead of, because that's really not the issue. It's not about the Bible versus science because science confirms what the Bible says. It's really an issue of worldviews and man's ideas versus God's word. That's what the issue is. But that's what, not what they want you to believe as you read the article. Now, Absolutely. he says instead of um, promoting answers in Genesis, believing answers in Genesis, uh, what you should do is read uh, Biologos. And if any of you have heard of Biologos, he promotes Biologos. Biologos is a group of people who believe in evolution. Mm -hmm. In fact, this is their website uh, right here. The Biologos Foundation um, is making a well-funded push to change the way Christians read Genesis and think about Adam and Eve. And here's what they say. Biologos invites the church and the world to see the harmony between science and biblical faith as we present an evolutionary understanding of God's creation, we believe the diversity and interrelation of all life on earth are best explained by the God-ordained process of evolution with common descent. Evolution is not an opposition to God, but a means by which God providentially achieves his purposes. And you know, one of the reasons it's important to understand that these articles are being written is because BioLogos is trying to infiltrate all our Christian colleges and Bible colleges and seminaries and churches to try to get people to believe in evolution. For instance, they've totally infiltrated um, Wheaton College in Illinois. And when you look at that, five professors from Wheaton actually were funded through BioLogos to produce yep. a textbook. And the textbook they want to be used uh, in Christian colleges across the nation, and this is the textbook right here, and this is what they're going to be teaching students in Christian colleges, and what they teach at Wheaton. A Bible-first approach devalues the meaningless of creation revelation. In other words, you don't start with the Bible. You've got to start with evolution. Um, the age of the earth is 4.5 billion years old. Although some Christians have argued the fall utterly disrupted some kind of original perfection of creation, there's no evidence from either the Bible or the creation making that a foregone conclusion. That's because they believe in millions of years, so therefore... Uh, the, the death and suffering we see today has supposedly gone on for millions of years, so they can't have a fall, mm -hmm. which is what this guy is saying. Because yes. of evolution, mm -hmm. you can't have a fall. And so, th you know, they reject a global flood, and they believe that uh, humans... Look, look at this one here. Humans are hominoid primates. In other words, they're apes mm -hmm. uh, in the hominid tribe with cognitive abilities that exceed those of all other primates. And in other words, Patricia, you're just an ape. Thanks. You're just a bit more intelligent <laughs> than the apes. Uh, that's, that's what, what they say. I yeah. mean, this is the stuff that's being taught, sadly, in many of our Christian colleges. And this is the Biologus organization that's infiltrating a lot of that. those. And it's not just that. It's not just Biologus, because they talk about the Center for Christogenesis. So what is that, Patricia? <laughs> well, I have, <laughs> a, a, when you look at their website, at first you see this banner that says, Exploring Love at the Heart of the Universe. So that should be a red flag there. We're going to see some New Age themes. And then it talks about how the center builds on the ideas of this guy called Pierre Thierry de Chardin. And this guy, okay, he was a prominent Darwinist, a Jesuit priest back in the day, and an influential forerunner of the New Age movement. Movement. So he taught that evolution would basically advance humanity to this thing he believed was called the omega point, where we basically attain 
godhood through evolution yeah. and it's like a way of realizing your inner deity so that goes back to the you can be like god kind of thing so this is what this guy believes this is what what this well, that's guy why is quoting he has here every being is related in some way to every other being yeah. no matter how difficult the struggle may be our presence together changes us all yeah. and moves us forward oh he it's has like some very pantheism pantheism god is in everything god is everything you know it's that whole cosmic christ you may have heard yeah. that term before but there's a warning here this is the stuff that starts to it's infiltrating mm -hmm. the church this it's, is a it's infiltrating our christian colleges yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it is. Up. It's a Baptist. Yeah. Baptist publication. Yeah. So like one of his quotes, love is the language of the cosmos with the power to unite and transform all things in the cosmos as family and our presence as sacramental participation with God's being. This is what he's saying and he's reinterpreting the incarnation of Jesus mm -hmm. to be able to fit with evolutionary ideas and basically throwing out the gospel. Okay, it comes across as very eloquent. He's a good writer. I'll give him that. But right. I, so when I'm sitting in, say, evolutionary classes, sometimes when you hear very eloquent, well-worded things, it can sound true. But just mm -hmm. remember, is something true because it's very well communicated? No, you have to right. uh, judge things based on truth. And the standard for truth is God's word. If it doesn't match God's word, it doesn't matter how eloquent it is. Right. Don't fall for it. I like what one person here on my Facebook said. The only reason a supposed Christian would deny the Bible is if the Bible is in contrast with what that person desires exactly. and sin. Well, somebody here said, if the Bible has errors, then there is literally no foundation for faith. And where do you lean on for your faith? It can't be um, God, because the only knowledge of, God, knowledge of God is in the Bible. And that's, that's very yeah. true. You don't the, have a... The fact he says, oh, these people answer Jesus believe the Bible is inerrant and has right. a true historical record of origins, and that's our problem? Well, right. that's his problem. That's his problem. Because he won't yeah. accept that. Yeah, yep. very true. Yeah. So I encourage you to actually read it, though, because in that sense, it really gives you an idea of these are the kinds of things that are seeping into the church, and we need to be watching out for them. Because it sounds, like you said, it can sound really good, and they use some Christian vernacular and terminology, but they mean something very different from it than what the Bible means. All right, canine teeth shrank in human ancestors at least four and a half million years ago. Okay, so this is this one giant story. Basically, <laughs> what they did was they took... 300 fossil teeth, they say spanning 6 million years of hominin evolution, and they measured them. And um, they determined apparently which ones belong to which species they think in this evolutionary lineage from some sort of ape-like ancestor to man today, and determined that um, our Oh, Artipithecus, I said it right. Okay, Artipithecus ramidus, um, that that one, that four and a half million years ago, that's one of our ancestors, that the teeth between males and females started to get more equal. And so that must mean because females wanted males that weren't as aggressive. That's the story. <laughs> I know, I read that and I thought, <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, Canine teeth shrank in human ancestors 4.5 million years ago. It's possible that God made humans to not have canine teeth like apes. Is that possible? Well, I think that that's what happened. Because <laughs> we use our teeth very differently than they do. Yeah. 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 So this whole thing is just like a lot of speculation storytelling. You can see that it's you can a good way to notice if there's an explanation that's historical science. It's not something you can observe. It's probably storytelling. As if there's all these words like probably and might and maybe and could and possibly and like... All, all throughout here. There. In other words, so. these apes have cone teeth. We don't have those large cone teeth. Therefore, they interpret Therefore, it. they shrink. Therefore, yeah. they shrink. Yeah. But they didn't see them shrink. 
That's the whole point. But yeah. you see how kids get so And it's all based on their statistical technique, which is based on a lot of assumptions. So if the assumptions are wrong, then, the an then their interpretation of that is going to be incorrect. By the way, I comment here, two or a dozen Christian colleges over the last eight years with my college-bound kids, and all of them teach evolutionary creation. I, I, I thought I'd read that comment because we yeah. just finished a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, our Creation College Expo, mm -hmm. where each year here in November, we invite the colleges in, seminaries, Bible colleges, Christian colleges, that in Christian universities that actually stand with us yep. on literal genesis. And there's about 40 of them here. And then all these students registered to come in and interview with them. And we had about, what, 2,000 oh, students? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, some of these colleges say it's their best recruitment exercise nice. of the yeah. whole year. That's yep. great. Uh, so it's something we do so that parents will be able to have options for their, for their kids. Okay, we finally know how animals can survive eating butterflies full of poisonous toxins. Okay, so this is actually kind of an interesting article looking at, because um, looking at not just monarch butterflies, but things that eat monarch butterflies and things that eat things that eat monarch butterflies. <laughs> so the whole sort of chain there and how do they deal with that with the toxins because the monarch butterfly feeds on milkweed and there's toxins in that and how do, how do, the, how do the animals sort of deal with that? And so basically just in summary, they found that in a lot of these animals, they tend to have two or three mutations in a particular gene that allows them to be able to ingest these animals without um, the toxin harming them. And so therefore, that's how it evolved. Um, these toxins, quote unquote, caused this. And so now these organisms can do that. So the monarch butterflies are able to eat milkweed mm -hmm. and survive. Mm -hmm. So while it was evolving, it all died out because of the toxins? Well, that's always the funny part of evolution because like, what did it do until it evolved that ability? While it was eating poisonous things. Yeah. It would have died. Because evolution stepwise, it doesn't all happen at once. So, so, so isn't it possible that God created these genes in the first place to enable survival in a fallen world? It, it, he may have designed them to be able to do this in a fallen world. Yes, that is possible. But you yeah. were talking about maybe. Yeah, so it's also possible that um, the mutations like did develop as a response or like the selective pressure on mm -hmm. um, on the butterflies. Yeah. But that would just show that mutations can be a mechanism in a fallen world that we can use for these things. And right. that's not evolution because it's it's a loss of information. So basically there's um, a, a protein that is not able to, to bind, from what I understand, right. it's not able to be sensitive to the toxin anymore. Right. And you can replicate that um, by causing the same mutations to happen, say, in fruit flies, and they'll actually develop um, immunity mm -hmm. to the same kind of toxins. So we can observe this happening. If you can observe it, it's definitely not evolution in the sense of a change you between know, kinds. You know what that reminds me of? The so. display we have on natural selection at the Creation Museum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, Georgie, you, you worked yeah. on that display. H. pylori, the, the bacteria yeah, that can cause stomach exactly. ulcers. Yeah, very and similar. it can become resistant to antibiotics because right. of a loss of information. Right. Yes. Right, because it loses an enzyme, is it? Right. Um, yeah, that, it loses that the ability to produce an enzyme. enzyme mm -hmm. And that enzyme, when it's there, would break the antibiotics into poisons to kill right. it. But right. if the enzyme's not there, then it, right. it, the antibiotics don't work anymore. Yeah. So it's become resistant, but it lost information, which yeah. is the opposite of evolution. And yeah, yeah, for evolution, you need gains. Like, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to have a lot of gains, and that doesn't explain it. Now, yep. the way the evolutionists will explain this is convergent evolution. That is their answer to everything that they can explain, pretty much. If they see the same mutations in all these organisms, they'll say, oh, they just all converged on the, on the correct way to deal with this toxin, basically. But again, there's no evidence for that. It's just their interpretation of it to try to 
understand it from an evolutionary perspective. And it goes to show that even within an evolutionary framework, having the same mutations doesn't always mean coming from the same ancestor, because right. we'll try to use that too. Right. So. so this next article about Canada. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, Canada, some states in Australia yep. um, have been very... Uh, liberal right. and some of the things they're doing and maybe you could tell us about this one Georgia yeah so Ontario Teachers Union makes the vote of non-white members count more than white ones bans the term reverse racism to silence dissent so basically on their um, in the committees that they have within this teachers union it used to be that you know regardless of the shade of um, brown that you are you got the equal votes you know one vote for one person because we're all humans Right. But now what they've decided is that if you are a darker shade of brown, that if the committee is not proportional, in other words, there's not 50% white versus 50% non-white, then the non-white votes get weighted. So they're worth more if it's not 50-50. See, if I was there, I would say I'm not white. Exactly. Right? Because I'm... See, and that's one of the things that... Where do they draw the line here? Because we all have a pigment in our skin called melanin. If you've got a lot of pit pigment, you can be very dark, a little bit of pigment light. But where there's a gradation of shade from light brown through to very dark brown, which is not black. So there's no real mm -hmm. black people and no real white people. So where do you draw the line to decide this is what they claim is white and this is... Where, where do you draw that? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. And assuming that they'll all have the very same opinions and all that. So. Right. Well, they're assuming that all the people that are white and all the people that are non-white will have, like you said, have the same opinion. But how do you know that's going to be true? And, and it's typical of what's happening today with critical race theory. Yeah. People are being indoctrinated to judge people by their outside. The Bible mm -hmm. tells us it's our inside that matters. Mm -hmm. It's who we are, mm -hmm. not our outside. You can't judge people by their outside. It's, it's interesting how, remember when, um, there's a lesson for us too, when uh, the, the king was going to, the, I'm trying to think of Samuel, Samuel. Okay. So the prophet Samuel came to anoint the king oh. and he didn't know it was going to be David and he saw David's brother. Right and thought he was going to be the king and God said no no man God doesn't see as a man sees man looks on the outside you know he might be strong and tall and handsome and all that but no God looks on the inside that's what we're going to remember the real us is inside who we are our worldview our spiritual state that's what we should be looking and you at. see this happening more and more in Canada oh yeah for sure it's uh I have a friend who's a teacher in Ontario and she said that yeah it's definitely becoming more of a focus in education there yeah. so yeah because of the critical race theory and those ideas that are seeping into and yeah. it's just a form of reverse racism really I mean it's well, well it's just they racism try to make period out, they, <laughs> yeah. they try to make out in the article it's not reverse racism right you can't even say that word like they basically said they've silenced people that even want to say that yeah. and you're not even allowed because to say because they basically the word reverse right the phrase reverse right. racism is racist so you can't it use is, that yeah. term okay Moving on. All right. Portugal's president vetoes bill that would have legalized euthanasia. So this is actually a good piece of news. Um, so apparently the reason that he actually vetoed it was because the legislation, instead of saying that you could have euthanasia for incurable and fatal disease, said serious or incurable disease. So the question becomes what's considered serious and who gets to determine what's serious? Yeah, that's that's super important because otherwise it's just really easy to get into the slippery slope. So what we saw happen in Canada and basically what happens in a lot of places where euthanasia comes in is they'll use um, 
terminal illness as a way to get it in. So like, okay, if you're like imminently dying, then sure, like of course, euthanasia. But um, then that opens the door. And then for instance, it in Canada now, it's open to people with mental illnesses as well, so. And how long before they say Christians have a mental illness and we need to get exactly. rid of them? Well, and you know, one of, the, one of the things, and you know, when you think about it, that's not so far-fetched. Go back mm -hmm. to, the, to the days of Hitler and yep. so on and what yeah, they were doing then. But see, one of the things we've got to remember, there's a lot of what's happening in politics right now in our Western world where they're using terms like hate speech and that. But how do you define hate mm -hmm. speech? Mm -hmm. And then the terms they use are so vague that you could define right. it in all sorts of ways. Right. It's happening in England, it's happening in Australia, it's happening in America, Canada. And the same for you know, like euthanasia and so it goes on. And in most countries where euthanasia has been legalized because there are places like Spain, Belgium and the Netherlands, and I know we've done some, especially on Belgium and the Netherlands, it keeps expanding like who can have euthanasia. So it never, it never gets more restrictive. It always gets more freedoms to it. So even, I think it's Belgium, but I could be wrong, where they've lowered the age of um, decision to I think 12 years of age. So even basically a child can now decide to have euthanasia. And so it's just, you know, it's going to continue to expand. So I'm glad that this, this president yeah. said no to it, but it, that's very unusual. But it's a reminder that the more that people abandon God, the more anything goes except Christianity. Yes. Right. Because the absolutes of Christianity, here's what's right and here's what's wrong. So yeah. when you have a culture where it's moral relativism that's pervading the culture, then anything goes, but they won't allow the absolutes of Christianity because they say that's intolerance and hate mm -hmm. speech and mm -hmm. so on. But that's where our Western world is, and that's yeah. where it's going. And yeah. You know, I was thinking, why... People don't need to watch the five on Fox News. They have the three on Answers News. That's right. That's far superior. I like that a lot better. Yeah. It's a lot better news. All right. Well, we're out of time for today, so we'll see you back next week.